All right, Jehovah, say good morning, good morning. We are continuing in Merit Hashem in Parak Yud Gimel, chapter 13 in Mesil Asisharim. Today is Friday, the 15th of Kislev, December 9th. So we continue, Jehovah, say remember again in the section called Precious Separation. So remember again in yesterday's shir, the Ramchal taught us that there are three different levels of precious, three different levels of separation, or three different levels, of, well called of, of almost like of abstinence. There's ultimately again the prohibitions that the Torah brings down. There are the protective fences that Chazal, that the rabbis make around those prohibitions, and then there's a third level. The third level are the personalistic prohibitions that we make for ourselves, the things we abstain from from ourselves because each of us knows our own weaknesses. So I know I need to distance myself in a certain way in order that I avoid transgressing. It's that third level that we are focused on over here in the Midah of Precious. Suran Chal continues, Ve'im Tomar, Minayin lan liyos mosifim v'holchim b'isur. So we'll say, Chal has an interesting question. He says, how do we know that we're supposed to do this to prohibit more than the Torah itself, or that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, or that, or that Chazal. Again, how do I know that I'm supposed to prohibit more than the Torah prohibits and then Chazal prohibits? Now, I know already that Chazal have the right, the ability, and the truth is the mandate to go ahead and prohibit. So really what he's asking is, after I have biblical law and I have rabbinic law on top of that, how do I know that I am actually supposed to add on more levels of Isr, more levels of prohibition to that. So we'll say, listen to how profound this is. He says, he says, um, listen to this. After all, Chazal themselves said, So we'll say, there's a statement in the Yerushalmi, Yerushalmi Nidaram actually, that's what? It's not enough what Hashem prohibited upon you. You have to prohibit more things on yourself. In other words, we both say there's a con- now. What, what's what's the context of that? If you remember again, we actually saw this. The context of this is nausea. Is nausea one of the reasons a nausea is called a chote? The nausea is called the sinner. Is because the nausea himself is taking on additional layers of life prohibition. And essentially what we say to the Nazir is, I don't understand you. There's not enough Yisurim in the Torah. There's not enough prohibitions for you that you have to come and go ahead and take on a voluntary prohibition. So we'll say, what does that show you? What does that show you? That Chazal, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that Torah, doesn't want us prohibiting additional things. There are enough things that are already Aser. You don't have to go ahead and answer additional things. So I'll say, remember, anything that Chazal felt needed to be Aser, they already made Aser. In other words, let, to be honest, the rabbis were not shy. And therefore, again, if they felt something needed to be prohibited, they did it. And therefore, again, by extension, that which they kind of left alone and left permitted, Chazal obviously left it mutter because they wanted to be mutter. Why should we make things us if they didn't make it us? We'll say, by the way, this is a pretty compelling point. In other words, and what Ramchal is saying, and this, this kind of tackles, or I should say, turns on its head, the concept of just a chumrah for the sake of a chumrah. In other words, sometimes we assume that in Yiddishkeit, 
you know, obviously, if you could be machmir, the best thing in the world is to be machmir. Why, why not be machmir? Why not be machmir? Because, again, there's not a need for it. You have biblical prohibitions. You have Chazal being machmir, where they felt there was a need to create an additional, you know, protective fence. But, but the logic is that the rest of life should be left alone. Should be left alone. If Chazal wanted it to be usher, they would make it usher. I will say, by the way, just to understand what's driving this, you'll say to yourself, so I don't understand what, prohibit whatever you want. I will say, because remember, the ways of the Torah are pleasant. And Yiddishkeit only remains pleasant if we don't usher every single thing under the sun. The moment that everything becomes usher, the moment that everything becomes a chumrah, is the moment that Judaism becomes an oppressive, irrelevant religion. So there's an existential danger to just being strict unnecessarily in every area. Therefore he goes on, he says, So now the whole thing of prishos is I'm ushering something upon myself that's not really usher. Salam says, should we really be doing that? Should we really be doing that? Should we really make, should I make something usher for me that ultimately Chazal did not feel needed to be made usher? Va'ot, shein gvul davrzeh. For them, I'll say, isn't this dangerous? There's no boundary to this. In other words, once I go ahead and add on my additional layers of prohibition, I will say, to be clear, in the midst of precious, who am I adding on layers of prohibition for? Who am I adding it on for? Me, right? So just to be clear, like in other words, I'm not going around answering everything for everyone. This is for me. But even for me, isn't there a danger in that? Vinimsa. So I'll say, because what, what could be the logical extension of Precious? Listen to this. Vinimsa. Imkeim. Ha'adam shomeim uma'una. I will say a person, the, the, these, these words over here are interesting. interesting. Shomeim uma'una means I'll be sad and alone. Velo nana mina olam klal. And I will not enjoy the world at all. And I will say, sometimes people think, how do you know if someone is pious? If they look exceptionally miserable, <laughs> right? In other words, wow, that guy looks really sad. Wow, he must be so holy, right? He's walking around life so upset, so broken, so sad, so this. Because again, like, he's not enjoying anything. He enjoys, no, helig, helig. No, I will say, that, that's not called helig. In other words, that, that's called sad. That's called sad. So, in other words, the Ramchal says, you could answer everything upon yourself in, in the name of precious to the point ultimately, again, that you are sad, that you are alone, that you don't enjoy anything from the world. And I'm supposed to listen to this. And, and, and again, listen to this, Jehoshai. You see, after 120, we know we have to give judgment. We know, we all know, the day, the, the day comes. And I have to give judgment for, I stand judgment, give an accounting for every single thing I did in my life. Every single thing. You know, so often we think that judgment really focuses on Averos, what I've done wrong. What we forget is another element of judgment, says Yerushalmi, which is, There's another element of judgment. Moment of judgment are for the things that I could have enjoyed in life and I didn't. Right? Isn't that beautiful? In other words, I, I stand judgment. I'm held accountable for opportunities I had to enjoy life and I didn't take those opportunities. Meaning, HaKadosh Baruch Hu created a world and in this world are beautiful and incredible things. And who did he create them for if not for me? So failure to take advantage of some of those pleasures 
also creates culpability. So you see what Ram Chal is saying over here is, I'm just trying to figure out how precious is a good thing when A, it can lead me to deprive myself of enjoying life in a permitted, meaningful, productive way. Furthermore, again, it could just end up creating multiple levels of isser, which could then lead to just a very oppressive life. So how is this good? So look what he writes. Hachuvahi, the answer is, no, precious is absolutely necessary. How so? said, the concept of precious is not an innovation. The concept of precious is a biblical mandate in and of itself. Where does the biblical mandate of precious come from? Kidoshin Tiyu. And I'll say, how do we, how do we, how do we teach, how do we, how do we explain, how do we translate Kidoshin Tiyu? Perushim Yihu. But say, this is how Chazal understand the mandate of Kidoshim. And again, the Ramban says it even more explicitly. Kadesh es atzmecha b'mashem mutralach. Sanctify yourself within the realm of that which is permitted. Draw your personalistic boundaries, not between mutter and asr, but move those boundaries back, even into the realm of that which is permitted for you. Know what your limits need to be. Know what your limits need to be. Old Amru. So therefore, what Anamchal is introducing us to is the concept of precious is not a layer. It's not a layer like above biblical law or I should say on top of biblical or rabbinic law. It's part of biblical law. In other words, it's part of, it's part of the system. It's part of the system. It's a three-tier system. Biblical pro- prohibitions, rabbinic prohibitions, and then personalistic prohibitions that I put upon myself because I know I need these boundaries in order to lead a proper, productive, and healthy life. He goes on, he says, Okay, so again, interestingly enough, you know, Nazir is kind of used both ways in this discussion, right? Nazir is used as an example of someone who unnecessarily forbids something to himself that is permitted. But Nazir also represents a person who prohibits something to himself in order to achieve a higher level of personalistic kiddusha. He goes on, he says, Tzadik ochal l'sov anafsho, Shalom Alech writes over here in Mishle, the Tzadik eats, literally again until he's satiated, Zech chizkyo melech Yehuda. This refers to chizkyo, Shahayamalim lo al shulchanu shtei litrin shal yarak. Supposed to listen to this. Edram Chal quotes this idea that chizkyo, chizkyo, had on his table... Two, two litrin of vegetables. Meaning what? So the, the, so the Navi, the Chazal explained that the people used to mock Chizkiyo. Why? Because he was the king. What is the king supposed to have on his table? What is he supposed to have on his table? Meat and delicacies and fish. And what did Chizkiyo have on his table? Salad. Salad. Right? And it wasn't because he was on a health kick. I mean, he also had some meat also, but I'm saying it wasn't because he was on a health kick. He was trying to create a sense of limitation for himself. He was the king. He was wealthy. He could have had anything and everything he wanted. But he chose to create a certain ceiling, a certain limitation for himself in order to preserve a sense of personalistic piety. So to again, I will say again, Rabbi said, at the time of his death, at the time of Rebbe's death, it's actually pretty amazing. So Rebbe extended his ten figures. And he said, 
Rebbe said that again, you, Baruch Hu, you know that I did not enjoy or that I did not derive any benefit from this world, even a pinky's worth of benefit. So again, the Gemara itself, the Gemara itself is a bit more prolific. But again, the idea being, the idea being that you see Rebbe feeling that his accomplished, one of his accomplishments in life was that I didn't overindulge. I didn't overindulge, right? I went ahead and I took what I needed in order to live this life, but I did not overindulge in life. Oh, Damru, Ad Adam Mispala al Torah, this is so beautiful. So, so he quotes over here the Tanah de Be'eliyahu, Yalkut Shemoni, who says, Ad Adam Mispala al Torah, Sheikhanza B'Soch Me'ev. You know, I'll say, like before a person davens, that Torah should be internalized within him. Yispala alachia ushtia shalohiyakansa b'soch meyav. Person should daven, that is eating and drinking, should not become part of him. In other words, I dive, before I daven, that my Torah should become part of me. My eating and drinking shouldn't become part of me. What does it mean my eating and drinking shouldn't become part of me? I shouldn't become an overindulgent person. I shouldn't become an overindulgent person. I should become a person who knows how to, how to put limitations and how to put a cap on how much I enjoy this world. So we'll say, what do you see from all of this? So we'll say, what you begin to see is all of these statements point in one direction, which is a need for precious. A need for precious. But now, Bosei, we have a problem with this. We're going to stop. So we have, we have an interesting dilemma now, Bosei, because what you see from here is the first part of our shir this morning was focused on statements that said that what? Do not go ahead and restrict yourself unnecessarily. Right? Do not add additional layers of prohibition. Because if you add additional layers of prohibition, what's going to happen? Literally, again, a person is sad, a person becomes lonely, and a person transgresses. How does a person transgress? I don't enjoy the things in life that HaKadosh Baruch Hu put here for me to enjoy. And that's a transgression. That's a transgression. On the other hand, what do you have? Kedoshin Tiyu. And what does Kedoshin Tiyu essentially say? What does Kedoshin Tiyu? Restrict yourself. Restrict yourself. Know who you are. Know what, you, know, know, know what your capabilities are. Know what your limitations are. And understand, don't put your personalistic boundary on the line between Mutter and Asr. Move that back. Move that back. Move that back. I was like, right, move, move, move that back. Because all of us know if you live life on the line between Mutter and Asr, inevitably you're going to fall on the wrong side of that. But if you move that line back a little bit, right, you move that line back into the realm of that which is permitted, and you put your boundary there, even if you come over that line, you're still in permitted territory. You're still in permitted territory. So I was like, so which one is it? So which one is it? Should I be restricting the permitted in order to achieve a level of Kedusha? Or is that considered to be negative? So I have these two different mandates. So how to reconcile that that Amchal says, we'll see on Sunday, Amir Hashem. And I will say, but the point that he's making, this is the point, is the concept of precious and the concept ultimately, again, of forbidding that which is permitted and going ahead and moving the boundary back, right? And going ahead and saying, there are certain things I should not enjoy in life, even though they are permitted, because if I do, they'll lead me down the wrong path. That's a biblical precept. That's a biblical precept. That's Kiddoshin Tiyu. How to reconcile now these opposing precepts in Meretz Hashem Sunday. Shkarech Um yeah, There's no Muster on Shabbos in general. Yeah, Shabbos is a day of rest. Right? So we don't... Uh, we don't know. It's not. They, they don't make it a seven-day week program. 
by the way, that means that means the, the, the Muslim's working, right? Yeah. If you want to learn about Shabbos, that's fine. Uh, testing, testing. <laughs>